Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in High Fidelity. Welcome to another segment of the PI Window on the World Show. As always, I'm your host, John Hansen. Now, before we get to today's segment, uh, where I'll be joined by Spend Matters' Pierre Mitchell to talk about their solution map offering. I guess offering would be the right word, but Pierre will provide some clarification. I want to take care of a few housekeeping chores. Number one, as you know, we are broadcasting through our studios in New York City over the virtual airwaves of the Blog Talk Radio Network. What that means is if you're joining us now, that's terrific news. Uh, I'm always glad to have you. However, if your schedule is not conducive to you being with us right at this moment, no worries because the entire broadcast is being recorded which means that it is available to you on an on-demand basis at your convenience. Just another great, great feature of Internet Radio, and in particular, Blog Talk Radio. Now, Pierre, waiting for him to call in, I just want to touch on a little bit of, of other news that's happening in the uh, procurement world, which uh, is always uh, interesting. Last week I alluded to the fact that I was going to provide my take on the uh, uh, which you call Horizons 2017, where I had the uh, privilege of being able to moderate two guest panel discussions, one in the main stage area on the Gartner post-ERP era, and another one uh, in a breakout session on uh, risk management or the emergence of risk management. Now, both of these are very dynamic discussions, and one of the things that we'll be talking about in, in upcoming webinars and radio shows is the fact that very few organizations, while acknowledging risk, and we're going to cover this in our series, of course, uh, uh, taking um, very few organizations while acknowledging risk actually do anything in any meaningful way with regard to managing or, or, or what you could call dealing with that risk. And we want to find out why. Is it a matter of technology uh, difficulties? Is it a matter of uh, the fact that organizations uh, do not know how to go about doing it? I, I personally have a belief that a lot of it has uh, something to do with the fact that the uh, procurement people uh, aren't taking ownership for it, and they have to. So, again, uh, stay tuned for uh, the successive series on, on uh, managing risk. Now, the postmodern Gartner ERP era discussion was also very, very interesting because with the emergence of cloud-based uh, solutions, organizations, for example, have now been able to implement an e-procurement platform within a matter of weeks and days versus with an ERP, uh, months and years, fraction of the cost, and, of course, realizing uh, more immediate benefits. But one of the things that was interesting that came out of the discussion was it is not an either-or proposition. I mean, you don't uh, issue or, or, or dispense with using an ERP backend because, let's face it, they're very, very much entrenched in an organization and do have a role to play. However, uh, when it comes to procurement, these new cloud-based solutions, and you know what, I call them new, but they're not. They've been around for a while, but their acceptance in the industry is somewhat new. Uh, quite frankly, uh, has really opened up the door in terms of what we can do to uh, leverage technology in the cloud 
to procure goods and services more proficiently. So again, that was an interesting discussion on it. I've written on the postmodern year Pierre, and I'll be delving into it a little bit further. Some interesting comments, especially from the Gartner representative who was uh, there and joined us and offered his thoughts. I'm talking about Magnus Bergforce, who is the research director of procurement technology over at Gartner. So again, all very, very interesting discussions that will be coming up. Now, I'm waiting for Pierre, Pierre to call in, so I'll just take a, a brief uh, music interlude and uh, we'll be back to you shortly.
Pierre, how are you? John, hi. Sorry, I uh, completely spaced this out. I didn't add up my calendar, and I am so calendar-driven that uh, I uh, it didn't pop up. So anyway, I apologize. Better late than never, and it's great to have you. Now, you know what? Let, let's get right to it because I've got I've got to ask you this question. Uh, you announced on April tenth, twenty seventeen, the Spend Matters Solution Map release. And, I've, and one of the first questions that came to mind is, what was the inspiration behind it? I mean, and, and also, Pierre, how is it different from uh, Magic Quadrant? Because you, it, it, it certainly is an extension uh, into that area. I don't know if that's a fair way to put it, but it certainly does seem to sure. extend further in the area of, of the Foresters and Quadrants. So why don't I turn it to you? Sure. No, and I think those, uh, those questions go very well together. Yeah, I mean, we've been uh, toying with this idea for quite some time, and I think one of the problems that we found in um, trying to, I just, and, and personally, just having worked with practitioners for a long time, is they made choices around technology solutions. You know, the uh, you know the magic quadrants and the Forrester waves. You know, they were really good in kind of a one size fits all kind of point in time depiction of you know where some providers are in a named space, you know, let's say it's around e-procurement or, you know, uh, e-sourcing or, you know, wherever it was. And, you know, and that was fine to kind of help, you know, get the CIO stamp of approval to say, hey, you know, Gartner Forrester has, you know, said there, it's, it's, it's on the map and so it's good enough. So it's kind of like passing a, uh, a threshold, a gate, you know, to kind of be able to say we can look at these solutions. But it never really got super granularly into any of the one solutions from the standpoint of understanding that buyers are different. And I had the same issue when I was, you know, at the Hackett group, you know, when you talk about world-class, which is a whole separate discussion, but, you know, it's like world-class for whom? There's no one-size-fits-all kind of set of performance metrics for, you know, a, 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 a single procurement organizations, right? They're built for different industries and value props and whatever. And it's the same thing on the provider side, right? So, um, I think our main focus was how can we have a good methodology that reflects the um, this persona-based approach to really, you know, getting at the fact that providers are different for different types of buyers. Because sometimes if you're more of a, what we call a nimble persona, you just want something fast, easy, you want to stand something up, you don't need it deep, you want it, you know, attractive price point maybe even all the way down to a freemium kind of level, you know, with a supplier pay model. But that's one persona. Another one for a high-end Fortune 50, they might want really deep functionality, right, in terms of all the bells and whistles. They want to really make sure that the thing's not going to run out of horsepower for their every possible need, right? So this is why, you know, we have these um, various personas that we developed to help drive the solution. So that's, so the So the biggest thing is, personalization, depth of the evaluation. So we have over 500 requirements um, that we've been using across, you know, the various uh, procurement areas. Um, and then the other thing is kind of this mix and match capability. So um, if you want to be able to say, hey, I want some spend analysis and some e-sourcing and maybe, um, you know, some supplier performance management, you know, um, but I don't need some other capabilities. I can just be able to look at those, you know, those combined areas and be able to see how the providers kind of stack up. And ultimately, 
you know, I think, well, we can talk more about this more. We want to be able to make it completely flexible so there is no persona. A persona is basically like, you know, an equalizer setting right on a, on a stereo. It's like jazz, classical, whatever. But, you know, whatever music you like is not going to fit into even those, you know, uh, seven or eight buckets, you might want something more more granular. So anyway, that's that's what, what kind of drove us was the personalization, the depth, and the flexibility to be able to really look at these solutions in a way that really meets a unique uh, need. And we just weren't seeing it out in the market. And we said, well, gosh, we know these vendors so well. Why don't, you know, why don't we be gluttons for punishment and take it upon ourselves to really go deep, um, you know, into these uh, particular into this particular initial set of areas. Now, isn't that depth? And this is the thing that I gather, because if you look, let's say, at Gardner, they certainly cover the procurement industry, but they cover all ranges of industry. You're focused specifically on the procurement industry, our world. And is, is that is, is, and that's one of the things that I looked at, Pierre, is I said, well, if your focus is strictly on one area, like you are, you then have the ability, the expertise, and the experience to do that deep dive that you're just describing. I don't know if that's the right terminology, deep dive, but a deeper dive mm-hmm. into these yeah. areas that maybe a gardener or others wouldn't because, I mean, they're more horizontal in their approach. I, I mean, is that an incorrect take, or, or does that make sense? No, it does. It does make sense. I think we, we're trying to make it as extensible as possible in, in the sense that um, really, and it should be able to, you should be able to look at a solution from any market. And so when we look at, quote, solutions, it can mean any type of, quote, as a service, right? So software as a service, obviously, we're looking at cloud-based solutions really more right now. But, you know, we're going to be looking at other areas like um, group purchasing organizations or getting into service procurement where, you know, there's kind of the whole MSP angle. So you're getting into managed services, not just straight software. You know, when you get into BPO and consulting, you know, and those worlds are converging, right? So, I mean, what we're trying to do, which, you know, it hasn't been expressed completely yet, you know, with the rollout, we got to start, start simple, is for someone to say, hey, I mean, the vision is, yeah, okay, for any kind of set of processes and maybe in the procurement world, for any kind of spend category and for any kind of, let's say, service delivery model, you know, you can kind of look at these various providers. So maybe you'll look at, all right, if I want someone that's going to be managed services and tech and kind of technology, all right, now we're looking at maybe a GEP or maybe, you know, maybe from the other side, you know, the Infosys or folks kind of coming into the technology side. So as this convergence happens, be able to support that and and make it so it's you know agnostic to a domain area but obviously we're in terms of the depth of the evaluation you know we're going to go as deep as you know as we can we had to kind of trade that off because you don't want to go you know to 2000 requirements and just crush the poor providers out of existence and also you know just just over over engineered it and and maybe we even did a little bit with 500 requirements but you know what procurement's complicated right so um so there well, it is. Me, and, and, but, but there's, there's how you're able and, and again the area of the procurement fields where your specialty is L- let me ask you this question this is out of left field a little bit because you look down the road but will it ever get to the stage in terms of proficiency that you do in the procurement world will a gartner Will uh, Forrester, will someone ever look at you and say, you know what, this solution map is obviously core to the market. They focus on one thing and they do it better than anyone else. Uh, 
would you ever see them looking and saying, well, you know, why don't we acquire a spend matters and, 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 and make that part of our offering? Because it's obviously uh, going to be better than what we're able to provide. I mean, do you know what I'm saying, Pierre? Yeah. I mean, is there any thought yeah, of no, that? Yeah, no, I do. In that direction? Yeah, no, I mean, everything's a possibility, right? I'm just thinking about, um, um, you know, the uh, Sanjeev Sidhu who founded I2, you know, his great quote was, all things are possible, right? So certainly all things are possible. I think, you know, they've already, this has already happened a little bit with, like, Gartner. They bought, um, what was the company? Software Advice, right, which was kind of one of these big crowdsourced, you know, kind of te um, tech review platforms like G2 Sources and GetApp. There's a whole, you know, ecosystem of these guys. And actually, and so, that you know, they will acquire folks that are making, you know, a difference. And actually, that is something we, I, I forgot to even mention was, you know, in our model and our maps, we uh, actually made the voice of the customer uh, so strong or powerful that we gave it its own axis, right? So the way in which we do it is we do kind of, you know, what the analyst evaluates around the solution with the deep dive demos and the requirements and the reference check and all that kind of stuff. And then we actually have crowdsourced, um, you know, rankings, which is kind of like a, um, you know, kind of a net promoter score on steroids from the practitioners for the solution providers. That's kind of the x-axis, right? So depending on whether you tr you you like and trust the analyst, you know, versus you just want to hear it directly from your peers, you can kind of pick where on the map you want to go for those providers. So, you know, that voice of the customer standpoint is is really important. So, will, you know, will we, I mean, obviously for Gartner and Forrester, we're just going to be a bit of an ankle biter for, you know, for these guys. They're so, they're so huge. But, you know, if we get enough traction one day and we start becoming a, a meaningful annoyance, well, that, and they, and they want to look at us, you know, certainly we'll, entertain the options, but gosh, it's, the, you know, I don't want to quote Amazon here, but it really is like, you know, the first inning here. So we're, we're just trying to, you know, add some value in this, in this first inning. And after that, uh, hopefully we'll make it to the second and third innings and, and do well. So. Well, they, now this is the entry point because I think this is an edge because you mentioned analyst firms will use and employ a lot of expertise, but it's almost like a one-directional conversation, which you've done. Let me, let me quote the ranking, and this is from the solution map, uh, the rankings that are based equally on demonstrated technology solution capability as well as customer input. I mean, I think that's the key, the key thing you were just saying back there is that it, it, it's a matter of the analyst perception, and certainly there's a, a degree of expertise. Some analysts have been practitioners. We, we, we mm -hmm. know that, that, that depth of knowledge there, but being able to incorporate the customer experience of that has been a gap that's been missing for a long time. Now, uh, so the question I have to ask you this is, is that, you know, how large is the customer pool? Is that something you're going to continue to grow, obviously? And how do you correlate the two? Because I think that's really the, the, the main differentiator, not, not saying anything against your own analytical abilities yeah. or whatever. Yeah, sure, but, you know, sure. Now you added enough sure. variable in there where you said, now let's get the customer input, which adds not only a real-time element to it, but certainly another dimension of input that people will look at and say, you know, it's more the breadth of what we're getting is more in line with what we need to know, and it takes away a lot of the guesswork. I mean, how do you yeah, do that? Sure, sure. So, yeah, so to answer your first question, right now I think we've got like around 350 references, um, and these are 
you know, a lot of the references, you know, you do get the, the providers, you know, providing some of the references, and that's fine. We'll take those. And actually, it's funny because you would think like, oh, with, you know, the the practitioner references that providers give that they're always going to be, you know, glowing. Well, first of all, we make sure that those are, you know, really good references because a couple times, you know, we've had some, you know, consulting companies answer on behalf, you know, maybe they were just hard up for, you know, being able to offer up a good reference. So, uh, and we kind of, so we discounted, you know, there's, there was some data QA that we had had to do on those. Um, but yeah, we want to make sure that there's a strong, a very strong sample size for all the providers. And, you know, certainly what we're going to be doing more of is trying to um, be more aggressive in, you know, getting the solution, uh, getting the practitioners to, participate in this because actually it's a great it's a great kind of benchmarking exercise for the practitioners where they can actually go in and say all right I'm going to take my you know commercial solutions that I'm using in these areas and basically score how well I think they are supporting my needs and then I can compare that to quote you know the benchmark well how is you know everybody else be uh, being served by these providers as well. So, um, you know, this is, we're, we're definitely getting some uh, interest in this area and we haven't really productized it kind of formally, but I think that's going to really help us with getting, you know, instead of having 300, you know, CUSAT reviews to get 3000 or whatever, so we can really have some really good kind of CUSAT benchmarking for, um, you know, how those providers are being used by the practitioners. Now, now obviously, even just because even if you don't trust the analyst and you, you just want to go on the on the practitioner views, um, you know, there, there's still lots of things that can kind of get in the way or muddy the waters with what adds up to customer satisfaction in using a solution. Because sometimes it goes back to the practitioner themselves and how they manage the project. It could be over-promising. It could be, I mean, there's just a lot of factors that go into it. But hey, you know, perception is reality. And, um, you know, it's really important to have that strong, you know, voice of my peers, because you don't want to be the first penguin jumping into the water, right? You want to see that others have gone there first and make sure there's no uh, orcas in there that are going to, that are going to get you. So, uh, yeah, so that hopefully that answered your question. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, my thinking is, is with that customer input and direction, even with the negative ones and the good ones, you get a perspective because in a lot of instances, I mean, let's face it, a successful implementation requires customer involvement. And I think historically, some of the biggest challenges or problems in the past has been that the customers have abdicated or practitioners have abdicated their responsibility in favor of the technology. And it just doesn't work that way, does it? Right. No, ab 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 absolutely not. So, you know, we'll provide those two different dimensions and those all drill down into all sorts of gory details, but it really depends on what the the user of the solution map is kind of looking for. And if they want to just get a high level readout and just be like, all right, you know, have I missed anyone or the folks I'm looking at kind of in the right place? Great. If they actually want to go and drill down and weight their own requirements and kind of create their own custom solution maps, then they can do that. I mean, right now we're doing it kind of in a um, you know, kind of an advisory way. In other words, <laughs> secure spreadsheets behind behind the firewall, and we just kind of put, you know work with them to put the information. Um, you know, we give them data scoring sheets, and they fill it out, and then we run it. You know, have our analysts run it through the engine, and that's great. But I mean, I think where we want to go is to eventually have it be kind of in a secure, 
you know, business intelligence based kind of tool where, you know, like a little workbench where you can go in and just, you know, have at it, you know, be able to weight all the things that are important and then just dynamically create your solution maps. But anyway, we're, we're running it on the spreadsheet platform first, you know, that then we're going to go to the really the hardened platform uh, eventually. So. Well, I want to get to the next question because I know we have about five minutes left because I think we have a, a hard stop at 11. But, yep. but on the side, you, it sounds like you do provide those who utilize the solution map with a degree, I, I don't know if this is the right term, but customer support. So if somebody is, is wanting to drill down further in there, they certainly have the capability to contact you to get some guidance on how to assess it or how to read the information in there as well. So you have a support uh, back uh, or, or what you call a backbone in this, don't you? Yeah. Customer support. I guess that would yeah, be the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. I mean, there's basically kind of there's like two off. So we, you know, basically are making as much as we can open freemium because we're not we're not trying to make money off of just you know, PDF reprints and all this focus on where's where's the vendor on the dot. We want to just get rid of all that that noise, right? And um, just focus on kind of you know the insights. So for the companies that are like, all right, I get this, but I want to drill down and get into you know, some more detail on what's behind it and some of the insights and what, what makes, let's say, um, one provider stronger than another in these lower level areas, then, yeah, we have, we have it's our kind of pro premium content service, which you just subscribe to it. It's read only and it, it kind of provides the real granular analysis of like the vendors and into the subsections and all that kind of stuff. So that's great. It's read only. You know, you can just get 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 the reports and subscribe to you know all the stuff that we get on Pro. But then we do have a Pro with advisory, which is basically you know like a set of hours that you get you know eight hours, sixteen hours, or whatever. And basically, um, we kind of serve as an extension of their team if they're kind of doing a selection, and they can basically use this IP however they want. You know, if they want to go in. And they want to wait it, run it through our engine. We give it a, they get, we give them a custom solution map. Great. If they go and they do this, and they just want some insights on these providers and how to best use them, and or how to, you know, negotiate with them and understand, because you know we know the providers really well. You know, we can offer them some kind of contract negotiation, benchmarking, advisory kind of service. So there's a lot of things we can do, but those that kind of that's very custom, depending on really what the practitioner wants, because they're all going to have their own perspective on how to, you know, get value out of an organization like this and, and, and our kind of IP. So that's, that's, it's really up to them how they want to use our advisory hours for that. Yeah, one more, one more question. And I want to get into the next one about this most recent one. I would imagine for the providers, this can become a, a useful learning tool as well. I mean, based on the feedback, because you are bringing in the customer into the equation and how they get rated and they get a sense of what's going on. I mean, this could be a valuable tool for the provider as well, couldn't it? It, it could. It's actually it's actually fairly fascinating going through the the process. You know, obviously it's a little a little noisy when you know the vendors don't score the way they want to, and that and that kind of a thing. But absolutely, they have found one of our one of the interesting side effects that we didn't really foresee was a lot of the product managers for these provider companies are kind of using this as a nice little benchmarking exercise to see how they score relative to other providers on these granular functional requirements. And depending on what they think is interesting, they can kind of, you know, close the gap. And then they're also, yes, getting the feedback on how did they score on the cost sat, you know, uh, dimension, which has, 
multiple kind of levels under it in terms of flexibility, ROIs of doing business, all that kind of stuff. They really use it as a way to kind of pinpoint their their you know how well they're performing against their um, competitors. So it they actually you know as much as they hate going through the exercise and go answering hundreds of questions and going through the demos and and all this stuff. Uh, they do actually get a lot of value from it themselves. So, hey, you know, if procurement is about making sure that, you know, from the supplier side, they're getting some value as well. So it's a win-win. It's a little bit of a microcosm like of, of that here, you know. So the suppliers of these solutions, you know, they should ha they should get something out of this as well, and not just a, you know, here's my dot on a map, but you know, here's how you stand relative to others, so you can make your solution better and serve the market better. So. Got it. All right. Now, uh, asking you the impossible with the remaining minute or so, this most current <laughs> rankings, this most current solution map, uh, anything in terms of what stands up, what would you say would be, if somebody said, what's what's the real uh, information, what's the real, any surprises, anything we should note from this uh, latest release? Yeah, um, I think it, it is, I would encourage folks to just kind of, because you can just get on there and all you need is, you know, pop in your email and you can kind of play around with these and kind of what you can do is go by persona in an area. So you can, let's say, go into e-sourcing, right? And then you can kind of look at the different personas and see how the vendors move around. Um, I think, you know, you'll see, let's pick someone, let's say like, you know, a Coupa, right? So Coupa obviously is a procure to pay leader, you know, on the purchase to pay side, right? On the transactional side. When you get to source to pay and the broader, you know, kind of suite, they're not necessarily the uh, the alpha, you know, the the alpha provider just end end to end because there are lots of areas, you know, um, like in sourcing and uh, and supplier management and CLM where they may not be as deep. However, uh, Coupa actually did very well in sourcing because we looked at their trade extensions, you know, application. And trade extensions, which historically has been this high-end sourcing optimization tool that that has historically been very unwieldy and great for rocket scientists and not for just your basic practitioners, has been really rewritten to be much more user-friendly and actually is a really strong solution. Now, you know, obviously it's got to be woven into the whole platform and work seamlessly with the other areas, but I think people will find some surprises and say, well, gosh, let's say even in this like nimble persona, it's not just scout RFP or whatever, you know, it's going to be, you know, Coupa did, did well there. So there are some like vendor surprises that I think people will find kind of interesting. But I think the biggest thing is just getting in there and playing around and just seeing how the vendors move around based on the personas is, is, is uh, very informative. And I think just a hint of, you know, what you'll see in some of the, for some of the future maps. Well, Pierre, listen, thank you for joining us today. I'm going to be tracking this story, obviously, and, and hopefully we can come back in another three to six months and have another discussion like this. I think this is a good introduction to it. As I, I, as I take away from this, uh, the two main things that jump off the page for me is, is that it, Solution Map is geared towards specifically and uniquely the procurement industry, which I think gives you the ability to dive down much deeper than, let's say, a Gartner or a Forcer, and that's not criticizing them. Mm. Uh, but I sure. think the, the, the added advantage here is that you've got that, that uh, customer input, which I think adds an important dimension. So I think this is uh, definitely something that is worth uh, checking out and worth tracking. So, Pierre, thank you again for your time today. I appreciate it.
John, no problem. And we update them quarterly, so we'll have more to talk about, <laughs> you know, when, when we reconvene. And, and happy to be with you and your listeners. Great. Thank you so much. And, of course, you, the listeners, thank you for sharing what is your most important asset, which is your time. Again, I want to remind you that uh, this session has been uh, recorded in its entirety. So if you're not listening now, you can listen anytime at your convenience over the virtual airways, the Block Talk Radio Network. Until I come at you uh, again, uh, my name is John Hansen. Have a great week. Bye for now. <laughs>